Do you have a cat in your lap? Yeah, I got the cat in my lap. It's really cool cat. You have a cat now. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a cough. Is there anything I can do to get you guys to the doctor? If, okay, if we go to the doctor, then give us a week to kind of prepare. Let us go to, like, an island somewhere and, you know, like, drink wheatgrass. Yeah, organic food. Then you'll check us out, and then you'll find out we're healthy because we've been taking it easy so well. All right, guys, that's fine. Take a vacation. Take a weekend. Dry out. Enjoy yourselves. That's fine with me. Good. Then we're doing it. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Anime Bay Bay. Hello, Cleveland! Hello, Cleveland! He must have taken a wrong turn. <laughs> uh, this is your host, who always cranks it to 11, Mikey. And joining me, as always, is... On Rhythm Guitar, your co-host, Ryan! <laughs> and welcome to the biggest party of the summer. This is Summer of Music! Yes, think of this as a uh, four-month-long concert series, taking a look at some of the best music anime has to offer. Uh, yeah, this year, you know, after we tackled My Hero Academia, Studio Trigger anime, this summer we're tackling a single genre. How about that? Yes, I'm super excited. We got some big ones we're going to get to. Oh, yeah. Bit of a wide variety, bit of a menagerie of music anime that we're doing here. Yeah, some of which I've been really excited to finally get to that I've never watched before. That I'm that like, oh, it's got me tingling with anticipation. Oh, and uh, one of which is uh, part of the reason I wanted to do uh, summer music in the first place. It kind of inspired me. Right, right. So yeah, we're super excited to be bringing you reviews of music anime uh, for the rest of the summer. And we're kicking off with our opening act, making their way to the stage. It's Show by Rock Season 1. Ah, oh, yeah, how about this one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, like, uh, like many, con like many, con like some concerts I've been to, uh, I certainly didn't expect this for the first act. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew this one, uh, mattered a lot to you, so, um, I was, I was, uh, I was willing to play along for this one, you know. Just the opening act, just the opening act for the summer. You know, it's like uh, you go to a concert with a bunch of friends and they're the only one hyped for the opening act when you're really just there for the main event. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, that one time, remember when we went to like Daisho Khan, went to go see uh, Deadlift Lolita, but before that there was just some nerd band doing covers before that and we were all like, eh, just get to the main event already. No, I have at least had one good experience uh, seeing a show where one of the opening acts 
I was extremely hype, and that was when uh, Danny Brown helped open for uh, Gorillaz. Ooh. That was really fucking hype. <laughs> nice. Partly because I didn't look ahead of time to see if he was going to be there. <laughs> so it was just a pleasant surprise. So, yeah, so once he hit the, hit the stage, I was like, Holy shit! <laughs> Danny Brown's up there! Oh, yeah, curtain up. Holy shit, I can, I, I'm actually singing along, too! <laughs> Some of the friends over there weren't very familiar with him, but I was like, Guys, why aren't you, like, jumping? Well, that's pretty much going to be me with Show by Rock. <laughs> like, come on, look at this! Yeah! So it's the inverse here inverse for us. Here. <laughs> uh, but as per usual, here's a little bit of the background, though unlike most shows we've covered, this one's pretty straightforward. So Show by Rock, or Show by Rock Gonna Be a Music Millionaire, was originally a mobile rhythm game developed and published by Geeks, later Adia, in conjunction with Sanrio. Yes, the very same Sanrio that brought us Hello Kitty and all of her cute little friends. And uh, this is Sanrio's first ever franchise uh, aimed towards uh, an older demographic, and also their first uh, music-based fran franchise. Yeah, I mean, like, that's 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 at least uh, some sort of touchstone for them, I guess. Yeah, I guess they mostly aim towards, like, little kids and especially little girls with their uh, products, too. Right, right. So they're aging it up just slightly for yeah, that Yeah, trying to, like, hit a wide variety of an audience here. And the game was released on July 30th, 2013 for Apple and on June 27, 2014 for Android. So, uh, Sanrio, they uh, initially wanted to push this franchise towards uh, young boys, but uh, funnily enough, they ended up appealing more towards... Uh, 15 to 19 year old girls. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's 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 at least uh, pretty nice, though. Yeah, though they did get me, though. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, what better way to promote the game and reach those uh, target demos than with a late night anime adaptation? And so, an anime adaptation was announced and set to air from April 5th, 2015, until June 21st, 2015. And said anime adaptation was produced by the legendary Studio Bones, the same Studio Bones that brought us such hits as Full Metal Alchemist. Eureka 7, Wolf's Reign, Soul Eater, Mob Psycho 100, Space Dandy, and of course, our perennial favorite, My Hero Academia. And the series was written by Takahiro Ikizoe and written by Toko Machida. And on the English dub side of things, the show was licensed by Funimation and has the distinction of being one of the early simul dubs when their uh, simul dub initiative began in late 2014. The dub is directed by Caitlin Glass with scripts done by the team of Jamie Markey, Rachel Robinson, and Mike McFarland. And Dub songs, oh yeah, we're getting dub songs for this one, adapted and directed by Brina Palencia. So yeah, like uh, Zombieland Saga back in October, we're doing a dubbed music anime here. Very hard to do. Yeah, very hard to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> you you got you to gotta get those precise translations while also making it uh, musically nice to listen to. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not an easy job. No. It's very difficult. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, so much so that... Uh, when the Simul Dub first came out, they didn't uh, do the music at first. They kept the music in Japanese, saying that we'll do the songs once the Blu-rays come out. It's going to be a difficult decision to actually go forward with, too. To, like, actually straight up, like, dub all that music, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I, I wonder what kind of uh, decision-making decision has to go into that. Because you go to a series like Love Live, like, they didn't, like, has Love Live, in its history, has there ever been, like, one dub song? Uh, no, and I believe the reason for that one is it's uh, mostly the uh, studios saying that, uh, nah, we don't want to license our songs for dubs, we just want to keep the original Japanese. Mainly because uh, they do sell the original songs on, like, American iTunes and whatnot. Right, which which that's understandable. Yeah, like, uh, usually when it comes to dubbing music, it always comes down to, like, a licensing thing. Because when you talk to a lot of voice actors and directors and scriptwriters and whatnot, they always say, like, yes, if we had a choice, we would always dub the music. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I remember back in, like, 2014, I went to some panels hosted by uh, Caitlin Glass, and she talked about uh, uh, adapting and dubbing for music, and, like, uh, she also says, like, the big reason that uh, she and a lot of other people really want to do it is uh, for consistency's sake. Because, mm. like, usually that brings a lot of people out where you're watching a show in English, and then when it comes time to sing, they're just singing in Japanese. My opinion, my, my, my experience, based on my experiences, my opinion is just, like, you get used to it. <laughs> I don't know, like, I remember, I love K-On, but, like, there are moments where, like, they switch to, like, the Japanese songs, and it kind of brings me out just for a second, but then I'm alright, because the songs are great. Right, right. So, like, so long as they don't, like, lampshade that, like, it's in, like, Japanese or something, or, like, mm-hmm. so long as they don't lampshade the, the dub in, like, uh, like, Japanese language songs, like, too much or anything, which, like, they almost never do, thankfully. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, like, that's fine by me. And also, it's just it's just a, it's just a lot of work and effort to go through the, to go through and like dub those for consistency's sake. At least, at least to me, at least to me. Okay. Like it's because like I, I I just don't know what like the the returns are on that. Like like going through to like double that music. Like that's that's like the one question I've kind of had about that is like, well, what do the people making it really get get out of it? Is is it just for fun? Like that's fine. I'm pretty sure it's all like. Consistency for fun, and also like uh, a lot of the actors really want to show off their uh, musical talent. Right, and and that's fine too. That is fine. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 largely um, indifferent to, to that kind of to to as far as that's I'm largely indifferent towards that kind of subject matter. Like just like just like anyone can do whatever they want, really. Right. And if they can have some fun with it, all the better. I'm more of a case by case basis. Like with Love Live, yeah, yeah, I don't really care. But uh, for any other show, really, I would probably prefer it. Yeah. So, with all that out of the way, are you ready to show by rock? So without further ado, let's start the show. Three, two, one, let's jam. Kick it. You gotta fight for your right to show by rock. Kick it. Kick off with a shy glasses girl sneaking a peek at her school's high school band. Introducing Cyan Hijitikawa, played here by Bryn April. Whoop whoop! And she's trying to muster up the courage to ask them if she could join. However, she's being quite the fraidy cat here. Eh, don't worry, social anxieties get the better of us sometimes. And shame too, because she's uh, very much an accomplished musician, as evident by the show's uh, first song, Sishun Wa Nonstop, or Our Youth is Nonstop. I'm Sayan Hijirikawa, first year class three. I'd like to join the club. Nice to meet you. Nailed it. I promised myself that I would do this today. But still, I'm scared. Won't they think I'm kind of a weirdo for wanting to join mid-semester? They're already so far ahead of me. Dang it, why didn't I ask to join them right after school started? Mm. Come on, Freddy Cat, this is your dream, so just go for it already! Ready? 
So uh, we'll get more into the song in a bit uh, when we talk about the opening, but uh, I would say good way to open up the show here, you know, get right into the music because that's mostly what people can come here for. And simultaneously get over our lead in Cyan in that she's really good at singing and any band would be lucky to have her, but her shyness and lack of confidence in her skills is what stops her. And uh, case in point, because like after the song, a bunch of students are all staring at her funny because it's uh, implied that she did this whole song and dance number in front of the club room in front of everybody as they're all watching. Yeah, neat little addition there. <laughs> and uh, I, I would love to have seen like the afters after that where like she just runs out and then everyone's just all like, not bad. Yeah, why not? <laughs> but yeah, after a bit of awkward, we catch up with Cyan back at home practicing the guitar in her room. Very as told by Ginger of her right here. You know, just sing a song about uh, copper-colored ponies and you'll be good. <laughs> but uh, let's forget about Cyan's inability to join a club, and instead let's focus on another thing people come to this show for. Smartphone game cross-promotion, baby! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, show my rock. Actu- an actual rhythm cell phone game here. Show my rock not winning me over <laughs> from the get-go. And uh, I have to say, I have actually played this game before, years ago. Eh, it's alright. Yeah, like, it, as I'd imagine, like, any, like, rhythm game like that would really be. Like, it's certainly no Love Life School Idol Festival, you know. I will pump in hours into that game. I, I am already not a big rhythm game fan. <laughs> I'm not. Like, like I, I am always perpetually stuck in the in the with the... Uh, with the perspective that it just it just feels like I'm playing a mini game in what should be in what should be I feel like I'm playing something that should already be in a larger game. <laughs> should be playing guitar, bro. Like I should not be paying full price for something like this. <laughs> like my all my my, my my enjoyment of any rhythm games are like just completely ruined by that. By my by like the way I just view them like that in other games. Uh, like uh this game I will say uh, it's uh, very easy to pick up and play, therefore easily addictive, therefore easy to get people to spend money on. Oh, gotcha ah, games in a nutshell. Ah, <laughs> yeah. there, there's, there, there's the rub. Yeah, I, I never spend any money on gotcha games. I, I, I avoid them like the plague. <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, uh, do you know what the shortened name for uh, Show by Rock is? It's, uh, and I'm not kidding, SB69. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, it, it's because uh, six and nine in Japanese is a uh, ro and q, so shobai ro q. Oh, I see, I see. But to us uh, dumb Americans, you just look at it and go, ah, nice. To us enlightened Americans, yeah, it's one of those <laughs> games. And then you play it, and it's like, oh, it's a rhythm game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just that. <laughs> so Cyan gets the high score, which in turn scores her the strawberry heart, the best item in the game. I uh, didn't have to go through loot boxes to get that one. But then in turn, it zaps her to another world. Ah, uh, surprise, this is technically an isekai. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, by the baseline definition, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thought we wouldn't do another one after ReZero Season 1, but I found a way. I mean, kind of. Like, it's like, yeah. I, I, like, I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I associate that subgenre so much with fantasy, so it's like, <laughs> so like. Yeah, fine, you, you, you slipped it past me on this yeah, one. Uh, this one's kind of... Want a fucking cookie? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> well, yeah, as Cyan goes digital, she ends up in a futuristic-looking world full of marketable Sanrio-style furries. Oh, it's, it's, it's such a marketable world. It's like, you can just see the price tags on each and every one of these citizens right here. Mm-hmm. You can just you can just see the uh, made in China <laughs> tag on the it. the tush tags on yep. each and every one. Of them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, welcome to Midi City, everyone. Which I think is actually kind of a clever name. And we meet the first of many bands. This is Tri Chronica, 
and they have a very bubblegum pop rock style. And this group is comprised of twins, Kai, played by Micah Suicide, and Riku, played by my fellow Filipino boy, Rico Fajardo, and their leader, some sparkly dildo named Shuzo, played by a sex pervert who went 0-17 in his clown shoes court case. Moving on. <laughs> so yeah, Shuzo sucks. Like, not just because of his actor, but like, it, the character, I don't... Like, char- character-wise, he sucks. Like, this is the kind of character you see would get shit on by Death Clock in Metalocalypse. Right. Like, who's this dildo? Who's this fucking dildo? <laughs> How about that CG right here? Because we have, like, the uh, CG concert space thing here. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look bad. It doesn't actually look bad. Yeah, it's like the, the main gimmick of this uh, world in the series as uh, when bands perform, they go into this uh, CG concert space where they turn into little Hello Kitty animals. It looks a little odd at first, but, like, you, you get used to you it. You get used to it. And then, like, once they leave the role, they turn into, like, a half-human, half-animal furries, you know, basically any furry cosplayer you see at a con. Right, right. So, so it can be really fucking easy for our fans to cosplay these. <laughs> yep. So not only buy our shit, also... Dress up dress as our up. shit. <laughs> <laughs> and Cyan is, ends up flung into the space, and we see her look for the rest of the series. A goth Lolita cat girl. Marketable! Marketable. <laughs> oh, yeah. $9.99. <laughs> but yeah, I have to say, for TV CG, this is pretty good. Like, like I was pretty impressed the first time I saw this. And the de- and the designs of the characters in these in these like the designs of these characters is characters in these forms that that's when it really hit me. Like, oh, Sanrio. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's uh, that's uh, th- there's the influence. You know, they're really pumping money into this one, Sanrio and Bones. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to mention the uh, the studio who does the CG. You know what they're called. Studio Goonies. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, animated by Chunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it all looks good. Like the, the the characters and like the CG, they all they all move just fine. Like yeah, very fluid too. Yeah, very fluid. Like you know, like in the bouncy. You gotta get a little bit of a squash and stretch here. Right, bouncy. Like just like you know, like they even get some like action in with them. Like yeah, it's it's not too bad. I will say it must have been really expensive because like by season two they start to slowly move away from the CG. And then it reaches a point where, like, the CG just is done by another studio and it just looks like regular TV CG. Mmm, I see. Uh, I will bet uh, the actors here loved these scenes because uh, the character models don't have any lip flaps, so they don't have to match them. <laughs> right, you just have to ma- match the uh, the uh, the uh, movements of, like, their uh, noses, I guess. Their noses or, like, their head bobs and stuff like Not that. their head bobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super easy. It's, they're just, like, going to the studio and they're all just like, ah! I can all I just have to do is act. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> that's got that's got to feel pretty good. I, like, yeah, you, you you will see a little bit more of that too in the series as we uh, as we go forward. And it probably makes singing a whole lot easier too. Oh yeah, definitely. I imagine no no lip flaps. Yep. So no. wow, that's that's a load off their shoulders. It's all like oh, <laughs> got that monkey off our backs. Woo! Woo! Suddenly we're we're interrupted by FF Seven remake style cloud headache static. And Trichronica and Cyan are attacked by a giant skull speaker monster, or a dark monster as they're called. Trichronica try to fight the monster, but to no avail. The monster plans on corrupting the source of their music power, the Melodesian Stones, in order to turn them into dark monsters too. Remember that for later. And also, uh, Melodesian Stones, I think they're like the currency in the uh, the uh, cell phone game. The currency? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Like, you need to have a certain amount. Well, well like, aren't they, isn't in the show like the, it's like the, the 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 musical? It's the source of their power, but like in the game, it's like you need like a certain amount of Melodicean stones to like play a song. It's it's also like stamina or whatever. This is another thing that made me kind of lose myself with the show, which is like 
some of these terms they're like immediately throwing out. Like, I never understood these crystals very well. <laughs> they do throw in a lot of jargon at you pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. For like these first like few episodes, it, it didn't it didn't endear me too much because because even then throughout the whole show I was thinking like what the, <laughs> like wait what these crystals like like is this really it to them like are they just like like crystal power inside their bodies like like what. <laughs> Uh, also in the game, it's, like, uh, another thing where, like, when you level up your character, they change from, like, the little, uh, tiny Hello Kitty forms to, like, the human form, so that's kind of, like, their sign of them leveling up. What the- Oh, that's where it comes from, too? The human forms? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure, like, in the kayfabe of the show, they're all supposed to look like the little Hello Kitty forms, and the human forms are just for us, the audience. Like, that's what? That's what I think. Like, what? Because, <laughs> like, we see certain characters show up later on, and they're in, like, their little Hello Kitty forms. Okay, yeah, I didn't think about that. Oh, that's that's strange. Yeah, because they're the only ones like that are human in the show. Yeah, that that's true. Except for like, yeah, it's like the 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 bands that we see in the show, they're the only ones in like human form. Yeah. So all hope seems to be lost until the strawberry heart guitar that Cyan won earlier appears in her hands, and the guitar can talk. Played here by Justin Cook, doing like his uh, big rock star voice. He is quite good. He is quite good doing that. Voice. Oh yeah, he fits really well in the role. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Also, no lip flaps. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he probably benefited from that the most in the show. Yeah, he can just like go into the booth and just rock out, really. Like, okay, the the, the animators are just gonna like are just gonna like crappily move a guitar on screen. <laughs> it's gonna float up and down. It's a... and you and you just get to say these lines. No <laughs> lip flaps or anything. You know, he's just in the booth and he just hears the boop boop. Boop, and then she's like, wait, where are the flaps? Oh, there are no flaps. Yeah! <laughs> Alright, we'll use that tick. So, Strawberry Heart tells Cyan that in order to defeat the dark monster, she's got to use the power of rock. Sounds a little silly when you say it out loud like that. Mm, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, Cyan's a little uneasy at first, but then she gains the courage to rock and roll all night and party every day. And she fucking shreds like no tomorrow with her... Like, that. Yeah, she's actually pretty good. Yeah, not bad. And so the dark monster is killed with the power of rock by Goth Hello Kitty. And I, I thought this was pretty cool. Like, when I first saw this, I was like, okay, you sold me. I will stick around for more of this show. I'm glad you had that thought. <laughs> <laughs> nah, this is a job to you. <laughs> and we also see that the dark monster was controlled by a shady-looking CEO guy. More on him later. So Cyan teleports out of the CG space, and she's greeted by an Eggman, Kukukachu. This is Maple, played here by Sunny Strait, and after watching Cyan take down that monster, he tries to recruit her into the girl band he manages. Ooh, let's meet that band, shall we? Introducing Choo Choo, the lead guitarist, taller than a tree, played here by Alexis Tipton. Retri, the bassist, not a bumblebee, played here by Kate and Glass. And Moe, the drummer, doodly doo, ding dong, doodly doodly doo, played by the Vic Slayer, Monica Rial. And they are Plasma Chica, Plasma Chica, Plasma Chica, bow! <laughs> Yes, this is our. Uh, this is the band where we will we will be following for the show. Yes, our lead girl band here, and Cyan's a little flustered by all of this. I mean, you know, getting Isakaid into a magical music furry world, turning into a cat girl, killing a giant monster with rock, and getting recruited into a band managed by a weird little egg guy who runs a music label out of a dingy building. You know, having all that thrown at you can kind of like make you go, "Whoa, wait, hold on, hold on, wait a minute, hold, slow your roll there." Like, yeah, just like roll back a little bit. <laughs> Also, this uh, egg guy here seems to have a, a bit of an S&M kink. Like, you see this? Yeah, like, but, like, it, it doesn't really figure much later on. No, it's like for a one-off joke where he gets a little too hyper, then he uh, gets taken 
into the back by his uh, secretary, Angelica, played here by Rachel Robinson, and just gets whipped until he's, like, cool now. Like his whipped eggs. Yeah. Uh, whipped yeah. eggs or beating an egg. Yeah, beating an egg. Yeah. yeah. But, hey, we don't kink shame around here, but that was certainly odd. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was that was a weird joke. It's it's not even like, it's not even like a real like a like really satisfactory running gag or anything. No, you, you, for, you forget about it. You forget about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it was very weird. <laughs> I was like, I do like the bit where Cyan has to like weigh the pros and cons about all this, but then just basically says, eh, "Screw it, I'll join a band." She's all like, eh, "Mystery, find out what I'm here, uh, joining a band, band." But we see that Plasmagia isn't the only band under Maple's label, BRR. As there's another band, a band who pierces people's hearts with their crimson gaze. But before we get to that, let's uh, finally talk about the opening and the ending. Opening is uh, session one nonstop, or our youth is nonstop, the same song as the opening song. And the ending is Have a Nice Music, both songs by Plasmagica and sung in English in the dub. Uh, yeah, this was actually a pretty big deal because it had been ages since Funimation had dubbed uh, the opening and ending for one of their shows. Yeah, what do you think of these songs there? Yeah, both, both are a little too bubbly sweet for me. <laughs> Like oh uh, they, they like it's it's like a like a really sugary cocktail they just they just don't go down go down well <laughs> like they're fine they're fine they're fun enough they fit the tone of the show but like like yeah like after like I eventually just like I eventually just start skipping them bit of a like the equivalent of drinking like a Doc Venture uh, mocha cooler right right yeah like yeah a little too much uh, Kool Aid dust <laughs> dust on top <laughs> nah yeah, I really like these songs they're catchy as hell and uh, yeah. First time in a long time Funimation has ever dubbed openings and endings when this first came out. Like, I want to say the last time they did this was for uh, One Piece, the uh, fourth opening, uh, Bon Voyage, and the 13th ending, Dream Ship. Because, like, after that, they just stopped doing them. Right, right. Yeah, and that's, that's that, that was kind of my general feeling for most of the songs in the series, and I think it's for that reason that I might uh, uh, save my opinions on the songs for the series for uh, the end. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I also will, I will bring up that uh, show by Rock kind of like with this new kind of dubbing songs uh, initiative that they were doing here that kind of like set the stage for like a lot of other music anime that Funimation would dub later on, like, you know, your Zombieland sagas or your Fugas or whatever. 
compared to other music anime, how like like I did, I wasn't actively counting, but it, like how many songs does this series have compared to others? This one, God, this one has quite a lot. Like there's practically a, a song in every episode. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, like I would say maybe as much as Zombieland Saga, possibly maybe a little bit more. I guess there is that pressure with, like, a music anime to have, like, a lot of music in your yeah, series. Yeah, like, you need to, like, have a new track, like, every single episode. Also, you gotta sell that OST. Yeah, you really gotta do, you really gotta do that. Because, uh, didn't K-On kind of, uh, suffer a little bit from, like, a lack of music? Uh, K-On did have its fair share of tracks, but, uh, I would say the way in K-On it works is that, uh, each track feels special. Because when it shows up, then, you know, it's, like, a big moment. Whereas, like, it's not every single episode where you have kind of, like, diminishing returns. Yeah, but I always get the impression, like, it kind of disappointed some people when, like, watching it, too. Because it kind of felt like it took away some, like, some of the focus on the music was being taken away a little bit. Yeah, like, with K-On, I will say it's more of a slice of life show than a music anime. Yeah. One thing I gotta mention about, like, uh, the ending, uh, Have a Nice Music, uh, I was reminded of when I was watching this, this, uh, video online where someone took the ending, and then they, uh, spliced in the, uh, remember the, uh, Double Dream Hands guy? Like, they spliced in him... Over the music, so like he's dancing to the whole song. <laughs> okay, that's good. Like that's it, good. it fits pretty well, and it's all like, yeah, someone actually remembers that old meme. <laughs> but anyway, moving on. Uh, let's meet these fucking boys. Born in a moment, you resolute crimson and scarlet, adorning the crown of the head to the feet. Crow has arrived. Shaken by darkness and hiding in darkness and covered in darkness and forbidden waves of black, black monster Ion. Searching all throughout the land to find a way to rule over every savage living thing on earth. That's the mind of the dragon fox. Hence, Yaiba appears bearing his legendary dragon sword. Secrets of men, secrecy is what gives grown men spice. That is the truth, I tell you no lie. For my name is Rom. Sing on me. Sing on your knees, all of you cattle. Be baptized in our crimson. Through your every fates will be changed. Shingon Crimsons. Shingon Crimsons. Ah, yeah, introducing my boy, Shingon Crimson. <laughs> the fucking Greta Van Fleet of this world. <laughs> Keeping alive a genre that <laughs> maybe isn't as popular as it once was. <laughs> but can maybe find some life in a boy band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> boy glam rock heavy metal band here <laughs> uh, this is the crew lead guitarist crow played here by mike mcfarland rhythm guitarist black monster ion played here by mr jerry fucking jewel bassist yaiba played here by ian sinclair so hence and drummer the big bro of the group rom played here by chris sabbat i fucking love these guys so much they're like, like I, I i got some chuckles out of these guys like these guys are the boy as fucking boys the lord's a boy town right here i, I will agree to that they are they are boys like, you even have Ion here, who's just straight-up Johanne from Love Life Sunshine. He even mm-hmm. does, like, the hand-over-the-face thing, you know, calls himself a black monster like Johanne calls herself a fallen angel. Oh, yep, always posing. Always posing, just talking like a huge fucking shuni. Like, then again, they're all really <laughs> fucking shuni. <laughs> you know, talking about how they're polishing their souls every time they practice their music and they're gonna 
pierce the hearts with their crimson gaze. <laughs> and also Crow calling everyone cattle because his uh, family are dairy farmers. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they, they work. Like, I, I found them uh, charming enough. Uh, funnily enough, I remember I looked up online and apparently uh, Sanrio, for like their 30th anniversary, did like a character poll for like all their characters across all their franchises. And uh, Plasmagica, they were ranked uh, number six. And Shingen Crimson's, they were ranked number two. Ooh, wow. So, like, they're even over in Japan. Like, everyone loves these guys. Like, wow, really more popular than the main characters? <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. It kind of goes to show, like, how good these guys are. Because I feel like Shingen Crimson's, they make the most of their minutes in the show. Like, practically all their scenes, in my opinion, are just phenomenal. I think I'm starting to understand better now why they hit that uh, 13 to 19 year old girl. <laughs> like, uh... I mean, these guys are hot. Yeah, They're seriously hot. <laughs> I understand now how they hit that demographic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it also helps when two of them have like open shirts showing off their abs and uh, wear their pants a little low so you can see their butt cracks. Right, right. So Shingen Crimson's here to polish their crimson souls in order to ascend the top of the music world, and also they hate shoes on try chronically too. So that makes them even cooler in my book. You know, they just watch one of the commercials and they're all like, oh, who's this fucking dildo? <laughs> Though, as wild as these guys are, Rom is always there to keep his brothers in arms in check. You know, he's very mature since he has a full-time job in addition to being a musician. Yeah, that's that's a, that's that's another, like, weird running gag. Like, it's, it's a more consistent running gag with uh, Rom, but, like, it's another, like, weird one where yeah. it's like, they're making a big deal that he holds down a full-time job yeah, outside like of a, being a musician. Like an accountant. Yeah, like what? <laughs> like I would, I would consider him a square in that regard. <laughs> but now uh, he makes it cool, you know, wearing suits, handing out business cards, filing taxes, <laughs> and he's always there to give his boys uh, words of wisdom after he punches them in the face, and they're all like brought to tears too, saying all like, "Oh, Rom, you're still the greatest. Expect nothing less from a man with a full time job." I mean, I like it when he's like that. I like it when he's like that. When he's like hype. When he's like trying to like uh, like bring up his boys, you know, just his, like his really fellow bandmates, really hype them up and bring them to tears. Yeah, yeah, good on you, Mr. Salaryman. Anyway, Shingen Crimson's is set for their next gig. They have to be the opening act to Trichronica, so they're all like, "Yeah, let's show up these idle nimrods right here." Meanwhile, in all the craziness, Cyan adjusts to her new life, living at BRR. And while she's alone in a room, Cyan gets the skinny on this whole music world from uh, the talking guitar Strawberry Heart. As uh, the people in this world are called Mumons, and their lives and this world revolves around music. And through the power of everyone's Melodesian stones, the Mumons must use music to connect with one another and grow stronger. And if Cyan wants to get home, then she's got to defeat the source of the Dark Monsters. And I look at this and go like, yep, this is an isekai plot. <laughs> you know, just, just replace the dark monsters and the evil CEO with like a demon king or whatever. Yeah, just just a lot of things changed around, but relatively the same. Relatively. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we get a cute scene here where all the girls plasmagica bond after they overhear Cyan singing in the op singing the opening. You know, they're a bunch of good girls and we get to see a bit, bit of their personalities right here. Yeah. Where uh, Choo Choo, she's the big sister of the group. And uh, one thing I really like that the dub does is that uh, she calls like, each of the girls, like, you know, little nicknames like uh, Sugar, Sweetie, Cupcake, that sort of thing. Like, right, right. When I was doing research, it doesn't. It didn't seem like anything like that really popped up in the uh, original, like, version. No, so yeah, that's only for the dub, really. And uh, that kind of thing, that's always endearing to me. I like, I love it when characters do that. Yeah. And uh, Retsuri, she's uh, more socially awkward than Cyan, and she's a total nerd. And it's totally obvious that she has a huge crush on Cyan. By the way, happy Pride Month. Yep, happy Pride Month, y'all. <laughs> And Moa is secretly an alien here on a super secret alien mission, because why not? It's funny. And uh, at one point, we even see her sending reports back to her home planet, too. 
Anyway, the day of Shingang Crimson's gig is here, and they pierce our, pierce our souls with the song Falling Rose. With our crimson gaze, we keep watching you and loving you. We are Shingang Crimson! All right, you cattle, let's rock! Can he call us cattle? He said it. He's totally the worst, you know? Is he really that stupid? Everyone here's a Tricron fan. They're not his cattle. <sighs> Shining bright for all to see my worst disgrace, my greatest stigma, misery. It rains upon me, blinding me with suffering. Oh! My heart's been mutilated and abused And yet it flows with crimson Still wandering all alone Ow. Falling roads, falling roads Save me from this hill's Give me the warmth of my life Wow, they managed to win everyone over What these bands can do is amazing Music is like magic here I will say the song. I kind of think it's pretty badass. Like it really fits their character so much. And, gotta, gotta open well. And uh, shout out to Mike McFarland as Crow with for the uh, death scream at the very end too. <laughs> uh, it's a very fitting role for him considering that uh, he actually used to be in a rock band. Oh, nice. Get to flex those skills. Yeah, and I also remember in interviews he mentions that uh, that experience also helped him with the yells and scream whenever recording for Dragon Ball. Mm, yeah, it'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Shingen Crimsons, they're the best. I demand more of them. And I should also mention about them, uh, if you have the show by Rock Blu-ray, there's actually a commentary for the second episode by the voices of Shingen Crimsons. And it's literally just a half an hour of them all yelling and screaming over each other. Because they thought it would be fun that if, while they're recording, they turn down their headphones very low so that in order to hear each other in the show, they have to talk really loud. <laughs> so they're just yelling as loud as possible while talking about the show. <laughs> like, it's, it's very Shinka and Crimson's of them. That's how they roll. <laughs> Charming. Anywho, let's leave our boys for now and time to meet a new band, another all-girl band from a rival music label. This band is managed by Maple's old friend Ogasawara, a statue in a suit, played here by Brandon Potter. And he goes Maple into signing up Plasmagica for a battle of the bands against his girls. Ooh, let's meet this new band. Introducing... Critty Krista, a group of middle school music prodigies from one of the best music schools in Midi City. On drums, Jacqueline, played here by Morgan Berry. On the guitar, Sukino, played here by Natalie Hoover. On bass, Olmi, who always brings more cowbell, played here by Afia Yu. And on lead guitar, Rosia, played here by Michaela Krantz. Look at this K-on-ass group here. I like the design of the frog girl. Like, I'm always a sucker for, like, uh, frog eyes. I love... Frog eye motifs. I love the gimmick of, like, her frog eyes also double as, like, uh, little hair clips and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Kind of reminds me of, like, a Jiraiya from uh, Persona yeah. 4. Yeah, a little bit. And I love uh, Sukino. She plays the guitar. Like, the guitar is, like, one of the best, dumbest-looking instruments ever. I fucking love it. It is very dumb-looking, but hey, someone's gotta keep the art alive. Someone's gotta keep it alive, you know? It died in the 80s, but someone's gotta bring it back. 
And uh, another dub thing here. I love that the dub straight up just makes Rosia Regina George from Mean Girls here. <laughs> you know, just talking in, like, the kind of valley girl speak. And, like, the unlike Regina in the movie, she tries to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so the day of the Battle of the Bands is here, and the two bands meet. And you can kind of feel the tension between the two. It's all like, ah, oh, man, look at these rivals right here. And I get a kick out of how much Choo Choo and Retori, mostly Retori, don't like Rosia, you know, they see how much of a plastic she is. But they do acknowledge how good Cree Cree is compared to them. But Cyan is able to lift her bandmates' spirits and give them the motivation to give these middle schoolers a challenge. Speaking of which, Cree Cree is up with their song, Yes Idol Singin, or Yes Idol Declaration. Welcome to Volume 7 of Battle of the Bands! Today's battle will be between these two. First up from St. Mini Girls Academy, where only a very select few can enter. I give you current students, newcomers, and soon-to-be major superstars, Cree Krista! Your heart's bitter pack Shall rock, indulge in every way you can So let's snuggle, snuggle up Cause I wanna be you near me Closer, closer, letting two hearts grow into one Hands to fight feelings that might just overwhelm me Yes, 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 yes They won't come back for me No, yes, 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 yes I just wanna sing Yes, 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 yes Let our voices ring This is high Raised up to the sky And we start to sing Hope it now And he's not bending over Yes, 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 yes Playing to the beat The song here, so sickeningly sugary sweet. Like you say that about the opening and ending, but this is for me with this song right here. Mm, so it hit that. So it hit that. It hit that mark for you. It did. Yep, catchy as hell in my opinion. Hmm. Like I remember when the Blu-rays were first coming out, Funimation posted a dub versions of all the songs as a little preview. And when I listened to this song, like I kept, I couldn't get it out of my head. Like I kept humming, humming it to myself the very next day at work. So Plasmagica is next, and they come back Cree Cree's idol music with their song, Make You Destiny, or Maze of Destiny, Slicey. Performing next, we have the girls from Bandit Rocking Records who recently added a new member and powered up the new Plasmagica! My first concert. Awesome. Change the chorus a little bit, but it might sound great. What do you think about these chords? Uh, so, like this? Yeah, that'll be way cooler. It already is. I don't need a friend. I'm final on my own. Okie doke. How about I play this after? <gasps> oh, nice! And what if we added this chord to give it even more power?
Sure, they're pretty good, but not as good as I am. <laughs> Unfortunately, despite their best efforts, Plasmagica loses the Battle of the Vans. Uh, no need to worry, as our girls pick themselves back up again and plan to improve for next time. And one one note I will put here, like, why is it always called the Battle of the Band? Battle of the Vans? Gotta have that uh, alliteration. It, it's it's tiresome. It's overdone. <laughs> I, I I really I really wish like some work would like introduce like some new term like well like uh, I, I, I fucking I don't know like Symphony of Slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually like that. Uh, the, uh, the, the, um, uh, uh, uh caca- cacophony of chaos. <laughs> combat concert. Combat, the, the concert of com, the, the concert of combat. It's a Matt Hardy saying right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that works, but, yeah, that also works. Like, I'm, I'm so, I'm so tired of hearing, like, Battle of the Bands. Like, can you really not think of any, of anything better? I think. Like, it's, it's over, it's a term that's overdone. I think they just thought of a Battle of the Bands and no one has ever thought of a good one. <laughs> No, like, everyone just, like, collect- it's like, it's almost like everyone, everyone collectively just said, like, yep, we, we've got the term, Let, let's not overthink this and try, and try to go take it too far with the alliteration thing. It's like, to which I say, you cowards! <laughs> you cowards! And it's like one of those, like, common things you see in, like, anything with music in it. There's always got to be, like, a big battle of the bands in anything. Right, right. Like, it's, it's like, yeah, like, I suppose you could say, like, it's very common to see, like, competitions between bands. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You got in, like, any movie, like, School of Rock or something like that. Nobody can ever just, like, fucking enjoy the music. <laughs> no, no one can ever have, like, a concert. But then again, if you have a concert, it's usually to, like, save, like, a, I don't know, a rec center or something. Well, because it's also, like, well, like, I can understand, like, bands within, like, um, I don't know, like, I don't know, well, I guess you could, I mean, realistically in real life, I guess you can for, like... New acts, like, I guess, like, there's, like, I just don't know what, like, criteria you put in there, because it's like, how do you work around genre? How do you work around, uh, performance on stage? Like, how do you, how do you judge all that stuff? It's like, eh, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it could be done in real life. I think I'd have to go to an actual Battle of the Bands. I would actually love to see a real Battle of the Bands. Like, how would that actually work? I, like, I, I guess it would be a bit of a coin flip as to how many good and bad acts there would actually be in there. Because you, you gotta know, there's gotta be some, like, acts in there that just don't click with the... That just won't click with you. Yeah. I also feel whoever goes first seems to have a bit of a, an advantage over the rest of the competition. Because they make the first impression. Right. And then you're constantly comparing every following uh, performance to the first one. I think I think that goes for, like, any sequential competition, really. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're always gonna be comparing yourself to who came before. You know, like your American Idols or your America, America's Got Talents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, come on, people. Like, <laughs> ditch Battle of the Bands. Come up with something a little more creative. I know you can do it. Anyway, time for the next band of the week, as Plasmagica gets tickets for a concert featuring one of the top bands in Midi City, a group known for rock music with a traditional Japanese flair. Introducing, and this is a mouthful, Surizuri Naru Ayatsuri Mugenan. First try. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> nice. On Shamisan Guitar, Ah, played here by a fellow Filipino, Don M. Bennett. On Shamisan bass, Un, played here by Jade Saxton. And on lead vocals, Daru Dayu, played here by Stephanie Young-Brem. And also, uh, Daru Dayu rides in a cat Daruma, who also serves as their drummer. He plays uh, Suzumi drums, by the way. Hmm. So, look at this group, Japanese as all hell. 
And maybe say out of all the acts in the show, I maybe liked this one the most. Like if I had to, if I had to pick any one act in the show, I'd probably say I liked this one the most. Yeah. It's those Japanese instruments, like, they, they, they kind of win me It's very clever, bit. like, making shamisan versions of, like, a guitar and bass. Yeah, yeah, it and, works. And they regale us with their song, Kabuji Yoyoi Yume Hanabi, or Enchanting Dream Fireworks of a Night Journey. That's another mouthful right there. Oh, boy. <laughs> We have journeyed from distant lands to bring you the sounds of our home, the Far East! I am the one known as Ah. And I am the one known as Oo! We are honored to share the stage with our leader in all things. Master Darudayu! My thanks for the kind introduction. It will bring me great pleasure for you to thoroughly enjoy our sound tonight. See the blooming of wonderful fireworks above. Hear the train blow its whistle in the So, uh, fun fact, Kate and Glass said Surizuri was the group with the uh, hardest songs to adapt. You can probably imagine why. Oh yeah, well, well, yeah, like they, it's it's a band that like takes itself uh, very pridefully on like uh, it's it's a traditional Japanese influence. So uh, yeah, definitely, like that's like I imagine there would maybe be some uh, some difficulties in that, as it would uh, probably take itself uh, quite seriously. Yeah, and because of that, when it came to casting them, she actually she, uh, went with actors who had the most uh, musical backgrounds. And uh, I did mention this in the Zombieland Saga podcast, but I'll mention it here too. Uh, Jade Saxton, she went to school for music. Don M. Bennett naturally has perfect pitch. And Stephanie Young-Brem is a professional singer-songwriter and performs in a Dallas-based jazz band called The Brems with her husband and uh, former Jimmy Neutron animator, David Brem. In other words, the right people for the job. Very right people for the job. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I brought up Zombieland Saga. A very funny coincidence that both in this show and in that show, Stephanie Young plays like a very traditionally Japanese style singer here. Oh yeah, that is kind of interesting. You know, I didn't catch on to that. Yeah, Yugiri and Darudayo are very much cut from the same cloth. Yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, Suri they have like such a great gimmick in my opinion, and like 
good musical style. They're probably like my favorite group after Shingan Crimson's. And Red Terry thinks thinks they're awesome too. As uh, the girls find Serizuri at a restaurant eating pancakes after the show, and she just runs up to like mark out to them, just like snap the picture, saying like, "Can I get your autograph, please? You're so fucking cool." Afterwards, the girls question if they could be as popular as Serizuri someday, and they wonder how they can do it. And they come to the conclusion: they need to change their look. Ah, oh, yeah. Dress up montage! Girls just wanna have fun! Make overtime. We have a choo choo with like the uh, Mikuru Asahina bunny girl outfit, because she's a rabbit girl, so why not? Retori is dressed as uh, basically Emu from Senran Kagura. And Cyan doing uh, JoJo poses. Get her doing the Jonathan Joestar pose. Mm hmm. Totally a JoJo fan. Probably considers Strawberry Heart her stand. <laughs> Go, Strawberry Fields! And you'd think there'd be, like, more crossover between, like, music anime and, like, jo- and, like the love of JoJo. You'd think so. Considering how much, like, Araki pays lip service to bands out there. And how much copyright problems that causes for the American <laughs> release. Uh, all these years, I think he's only ever made a sta- name to stand after, like, one Japanese group, Chocolate Disco. Ooh. Yeah, like everything else, he, no, he, the, the, I think that's like the only one too. never chooses like, like almost never chooses any Japanese bands. He's like, always, no. Always U.S. music. He's always Western fan. rock bands. Right, or any right. Western performers. Yep. <laughs> uh, obscure reference here with uh, Moa's outfit as she dresses up as the main character from this show called Yatterman Night. Some uh, Tatsunoko show from 2015 that nobody fucking watched. It's, it's, it's something. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's someone out there who likes it. Nah, it's clear no one watched it because Funimation licensed it, and they didn't even bother to dub it. Well, like, no, I I don't know. Like, there's there's always at least like one person out there who's a big fan of that. Because like I and I only just, I only just say that because we have a lot of friends who are like big into a lot of like old anime. And a lot of that stuff I am really not familiar with. A lot of that is really esoteric to me. So I I'm, I always show a lot of empathy towards uh, the the fans of the classics uh, just, and and the obscure. Just one cute one person going on like, oh, it's actually a pretty good it's a, a tribute to this uh, classic uh, series. Uh, uh, just uh. <laughs> you can say that you're like, yeah, you, you 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 can mock a little bit, but like I, I get a tiny bit of respect for anyone who uh, <laughs> even mentions the name Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like yeah exactly <laughs> that's why i have respect i'm like oh well like interesting like you you actually you, you you've actually watched that you, you bet, you've done better than i have you're the one you, you're you're more respectful to that than even me <laughs> and i only bothered to look up the name <laughs> <laughs> to know how to pronounce it at least i think i'm pronouncing it right <laughs> <laughs> right in if you pronounce that right <laughs> Anyway, Rom sets the girls straight and reminds them that it's all all about how you look. They forgot one thing. It's about the music, man. And we see this whole uh, popularity thing as a bit of a sticking point for him as uh, through brief flashbacks and an alley confrontation with Shuzo, it turns out they were once in a band together, but they broke up after Shuzo forgot about the music and focused more on what's popular. What a fucking heel. Like, how can anyone like this guy? Yeah, like, very, very generic, like, band breakup stuff, you yeah. know? And uh, it's not said in the show, but uh, the label... Shizo signed with is called uh, Judas. Mmm. Yeah, just making it really obvious for y'all. <laughs> you know, I bet like when he signed with them, he was just probably thinking to himself, 
What have I become now that I betrayed everyone I've ever loved pushed them all away and I have been a slave to the Judas in my mind and left for me to save in the wreckage of my life my life I become I become I become it I become I become I become Judas in Judas in my mind <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking like G- I was thinking like Jesus Christ superstar, <laughs> and uh, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sing anything sing anything from that because uh, I'm not a good singer. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, time for shit to hit the fan. As another dark monster appears and attacks Zuri Zuri during one of their concerts, leaving Daru Dayu injured. This leaves them unable to perform at their next gig, and Maple's all like, "Oh no, how awful!" So you're saying there's an open spot? I'll be snapping that up. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, later that night, Cyan and Retsuri have a little bonding time, you know, playing more up on her uh, crush on Cyan. You know, you can totally see that uh, Retsuri wants to SB69 with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Play the video game, I mean, get your mind in the gutter. <laughs> Happy Rhyme Month, by the way. After that, Cyan is chatting it up with Strawberry Heart as he reminds her of her mission to fight dark monsters in order to save the world and return home. However, Choo Choo hears their conversation and finds out about Cyan's secret. Very thin walls in this building here. The next day, she walks up to Cyan to talk to her about this, but can't find the right way to bring it up. To which I say, you know, just uh, just be forward with her. You know, say something like, Sweetie, did you get an isekai from another world? You can be honest with me. And so, the day of their concert, as another dark monster appears elsewhere, and Strawberry Heart forces Cyan to leave her concert in order to search for it, despite Chi Chu's att- attempts to stop her. And upon returning back after missing the monster, Cyan reveals to the other members that she has come from another world, leading Retsuri to become upset by the thought that she'll have to go home someday. Uh-oh. Conflict. If, like, if anything, it, just, it would just <clears throat> trigger a lot of, like, questions just being asked. Like, wait, what? Like, there's, fucking what? You're, there's another world? You're, you're, there's another world? What? You're, you're, are you an alien or something? What's a uh, human, as you call it? Okay, but, like, act betrayed, I guess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the whole, like, you know, keeping secrets with each other, you know? That's not right, cool. right. There's the trust angle. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like... But, yeah, like, I... <laughs> Can, can anyone just be like super confused by a revelation like that? Like, like what are, are you like messing with us right now? Okay, so you're telling me that you come from another world where you're you, but you don't have the cat ears or tail. Weird. So it's just a whole world of people who do not who do not look like who do not look like uh, like animals. <laughs> I don't know if I want to live in that world. That sounds too too. Uh, ooh, uh. Can't even imagine that. Just what? What else? What is back there then? If there's no tail, just your butt. <laughs> well, where where do your ears go? <laughs> On what the side of your head? You only have you only have one pair of ears. <laughs> <laughs> and what what do they look like? Uh, oh, ew, those are weird. Not like little triangles or anything. <laughs> ugh. Fucking freak. <laughs> You two here freak. <laughs> go back on your go back to your own world too, Leggy. <laughs> anyway, sensing a lot of tension from the big reveal here, let's cool down with uh, one of our favorite anime staples, a beach episode. As uh, Maple has sent Plasmagica to a beach training camp to write a new song for the upcoming Grateful Rock Festival and also to patch things up. Before that, the rest of Plasmagica and Shinga and Crimson get the 411 on the whole situation. These dark monsters that Cyan has, uh, has to fight off are being controlled by the biggest bigwig in all of Midi City, president of the Unicorn Music label, and crew geary looking motherfucker, Dagger Morse, played here by Chris Rager. 
And it was him that actually pulled Cyan into this world before uh, Strawberry Heart intercepted her. And Dagger's plan is to take over this world by turning the best musicians in all of Midi City into dark monsters. And as uh, I note, this is the same label that Kree Kree assigned to you, more on that later. And also, Maple knew about this all along, and that's why he recruited Cyan into Plasmagica. Yeah, forgot to mention that. Yeah, like that's it's, that that kind that that kind of stuff. Like it'll come, it'll figure in more later. But like, I, you're really not thinking about it no. for like most of the middle of the series. <laughs> this is like the big plot point of the show. But it's like, nah, you don't really care about it until like last half. Right, right. This is what we're, what like everything's kind of leading up with like this 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 bad guy here and like some of his plans. But yeah, like <laughs> they they save all that they save all that big stuff near the end. And so the only way to defeat Dagger is to level up and beat him with the power of music. And I just look at this and go, like, man, this is such a Saturday morning cartoon plot right here. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a relatively light lighthearted episode. Yeah, pretty easy to get. Yeah. Back to the beach episode, Cyan tries to make up with Retsuri, but uh, no avail. Meanwhile, those Shingan boys get lost on their way and end up getting into all kinds of hijinks, even running into another maple-looking Eggman, also voiced by Sunny Straight here. And just, I, I just love their scenes. I can watch these guys all day. Yeah, like, I, I like I liked their, uh, their scenes the most in that episode. It was like this... Weird egg mountain man walks up to them, fires a gun at Crow, and then Ron just walks up in his business suit, pulls out a business card saying, like, I'm terribly sorry, we have uh, misplaced our party, can you please help us? Yeah, it was it was just goofy, goofy enough to, like, get a, little, get a little laugh out of me. Later that night, Cyan sings a song from the heart, and this leads the, to the other girls joining in, and things are finally patched up. Yay. We're all good. Bullet Club is fine. Plasmagica is fine. Yay. <laughs> Though Moa still has some stuff to go through. They find her sitting on the edge of a cliff, and they, they think she's gonna jump. They're all like, no, Moa, you have so much to live for. Do a flip. <laughs> Since Cyan came clean about her secret, then it's only fair for Moa to come clean about hers. She tries to tell them that she's an alien, but they don't believe her and think that she's just doing a gimmick. And then she uh, pewdews up a spaceship, and then they finally believe her. Like, spaceship from out of nowhere here. Like, v- very quickly believe her. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, you're an alien from some weird sheep planet. Like, okay, we got two aliens in the gang now. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and then, uh, that doesn't go anywhere for the season. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you in season two. Yeah, season two. <laughs> All is good now, and Plasmagica now has a new song they can workshop for their performance at the Grateful Rock Festival. And, uh, we're at the halfway point of the show, so uh, I guess we can take a short intermission, and we'll be right back with the rest of Show by Rock, season one. Goodbyes, my sweet
Galacticon music video later. <laughs> <laughs> We're back, baby! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's get right into the second half. Time for Shingen Crimsons to take the spotlight here, as there have been some rumors of monster attacks in a place called Yokai Street, and Plasmagica are tasked by a girl named Mari Mari, played here by Brittany Karbaski, with finding a boy named Sugihagi, played here by Josh Greeley, who went missing amidst the monster attacks. Meanwhile, Shingon Crimson head into Yokai Street to perform because they heard the rumors, you know, started by Ogasawara, that this place is the hottest new concert venue, but in reality, they're just doing that so they can uh, have more bands that they can attack. The boys then head into this uh, Silent Hill-looking place and are immediately scared to death by the uh, Yokai citizens of this place. Yeah, v very different from uh, the rest of the city. It's yeah. like you just have this whole street that's just apparently just infested with spirits Yeah, that are also Mumons. Yep. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this is the the weird part of town. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird just having all these actual spirits just walking around. They're just normal when the rest people. of the population is animals. Yeah, but you have just like these normal looking like uh, monster people going out, going about their daily lives. Yeah. Like even one guy who like tries to tip their hat to uh, Shingon and like exposes his brain. I want to I wanna believe some of these are actual yokai. I think so. And I will say, uh, Shingon, they pull, like, a lot of great terrified faces here. Like, I will say the these drawings are very good. Yeah, they, yeah some, good, some good scared faces here. It's concert time, which means cue Dark Monster, and it's up to our Shingon Crimson Boys to fight it off by themselves. And we get a 
pretty cool CG fight scene here. Yeah, it's not bad. It's it's. I, I like that they actually gave something to this uh, boy band group that uh, otherwise was uh, treated, <laughs> for the most part, as a joke. Right. And uh, I do like that they uh, use their instruments as weapons, like they're modeled after weapons. Yeah, it was it was sweet of the uh, creative team to do that. And uh, this is one of the more longer CG sequences in the entire show. Like it pretty much takes up the second half of an episode. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is actually quite long, but it's enjoyable. And cool moment where uh, Rom protects Crow from being stomped on by the monster. Like, he just, like, gets in the way and just holds it up by himself, just this foot of this giant monster here. And he's all like, you know, no burning stump on Roy's is gonna stop this concert. And I'm just like, yeah! And he then powers up, throws the monster in the air, and gives it a fucking Cesaro swing. <laughs> and then they all each get their moves in, and then Crow pulls out a giant-ass axe from out of nowhere and just slices the monster in half. Like, oh, man, that was cool. You're like, wow, they actually defeated it. They I, defeated I, I, didn't, it. I didn't expect that. And, like, holy shit, in this world, they have, like, weird music superpowers. Like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> and the dark monster is beaten, and it turns out the monster is actually Sugihagi the whole time. As uh, unbeknownst to him, he had some uh, dark energy latch onto him. And when he was at his lowest, the dark power turned him into a creepy-looking purple people-eater monster. Got akumatized or yeah. like, uh, you know, digi digitized or whatever. Like, whatever whatever term you want to use for uh, being evilified. God, Dagger is totally Hawk Moth. So yeah, we now see how the dark monsters are formed, and it looks like uh, the dark energy blob that infected Tsugiyagi is now latched onto someone else. That someone is Ion. And things aren't going right for him as, uh, you know, it's looking like that uh, dark monster energy is starting to take over. His uh, hair is out of whack, he's stumbling over himself, he's a... Uh, being very unbecoming of a dark god like himself. He's actually dropping his pose. Dropping his pose, just like, you know, he's not quite himself. And then just meanwhile, Dagger's all like, Ion, please help me find a cyan, bring me her strawberry heart, and I'll give you the ultimate power you need. <laughs> it all comes to a head when Crow's usual shit-talking causes Ion to snap and quit the band. And Cyan quickly figures out that uh, Ion's corrupted by the dark monster energy and races on to find him before he turns. Crow's reluctant at first to find him because, you know, quitting the band is a major taboo in his books. Very, very prideful of him. But Ram and Yaba end up finding him first, standing atop a skyscraper, and they're not letting him go without a fight. So Ram runs in, gives Ion a Kamina, let's see a grit those teeth punch right to the jaw. Those are always good to see, I always dig that. <laughs> No one ever just takes one and just like, ow, what the fuck did you punch me? Like, dude, that wasn't called for. Dude, just hit me. What the hell? Talk this over. <laughs> <laughs> he goes in for another one until Crow comes in and stops him. And he gives Ion his guitar and he apologizes for all the shit talk. You know, he says he doesn't accept his resignation and that he's not going to let another band member who wrote such soulful songs and lyrics leave. This band needs his muse more than they need oxygen. And Crow and Ion kiss and make up and all is good. Crisis averted. Well... That was easy. Yeah, kind of a you know, it was kind of a dry episode yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did serve to get over the whole bond between the members of Shinga and Crimson's, and you know, despite all, how often they gave each other crap, they're all still broken. Yeah, but they were, it, it's like they were used so much for like humor before this, though, that it's like, oh, now you're trying to take, treat it all seriously. Like, okay, you, you kind of succeeded, but you also kind of didn't. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it, it did move a little fast. Like that's I will give this the show this criticism is that a lot of the bigger conflicts in the second half just kind of kind of one done really yeah yeah it didn't some of them didn't really do it for me and yeah this basically also just gets over like how dagger is using these dark monsters he's just basically hawk moth get people at their lowest turn them into monsters and then use them for his own gain 
So it's time to focus on the lead up to the Grateful Rock Festival, though before the concert, Plasmagica need to do another live show in order to qualify. And that live show is another uh, concert of combat, as we call it, against Kriti Krista. And in prep for the show, Choo Choo gives the girls uh, some uh, gives some rock moves to practice. You know, you gotta do some power slides and uh, guitar twirling and all that. Yep, set your equipment on fire. Yeah, <laughs> play a uh, flaming guitar with your teeth. Which, which, like, which, like, no, no actual musician would do. No, <laughs> not in this day and age. It'd be great. Instruments are expensive. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great if Cyan did, like, you know, the Homer Simpson, you know, swinging guitar by its auxiliary cord. You know, baby, 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 baby. <laughs> Could you imagine Neil Peart just dousing his drum set, <laughs> his giant, his giant, like what, fifty-piece drum set in gasoline, and just setting it on a fire? Setting it, and it sticks on fire, and then just go. Yeah, and then he like drum, and then he still proceeds to drum as yeah. it's all just like burning to shit. <laughs> It'd be great if here if they like uh, brought out some uh, hover drums for Moa to use, like uh, pickles and metalocalypse. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty sick. Uh, another thing they should have done here, they need to do, like, the, uh, the Mick Jagger rooster strut, you know, the, I'm so hot for you, I'm so hot for you, you're so cool. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be too bad. Now everyone's naughty, and freeze, finish. And, uh, no matter where you are, always say that it's the wildest town in the whole damn world. So wait, when you went to Midi City last year to say that, you didn't mean it? Uh, of course I did. Because Midi City is the wildest town in the whole damn world. <laughs> The day of the battle is here, and before Cree Cree heads up, Rosia has some words for Cyan. You know, just kind of pretends the hugger, then goes up to her ears and goes all like, Listen to me, little f***, kitty piece of sh-. We're gonna go out there and win. Rip you limb from f***ing limb. That is a threat, you hear me? That is a threat. <laughs> oh, hey girls, good luck out there. I think I think she actually said something completely different. <laughs> yeah. I imagine it like that. <laughs> Yeah, just, just trying to psych them out. Psych them out. Yeah, just psych them out. So Cree Cree goes out, and showing their arrogance here, they play the same song that they did in the first Battle of the Bands, Blood Heels. Like, they didn't even bother to make a new song, just like, no, we can beat these girls with, like, the first song we sang, just... Pfft. Like, they won't bring anything better. No, nah, won't bring anything new to the table. That's how confident they are. Meanwhile, Choo Choo's feeling a little weird. Seems to be taking offense to Rosia focusing her attention on Cyan and kind of leaving her into the dust. Uh, jealousy, maybe? And no time for that, as it's Flaz Magic's turn, and they give us the song they sang together at the training camp. This is Falling Star Dreamline. Will they get their revenge? Their entry in the festival rides on this performance. The challengers from Bandit Rocking Records, Flaz Magica! Wow. Okay, my sugars, let's take them down. Hmm. With our ultra best performance to make the ultra best smiles. Ready, go, Falling through the sky, star of dreams, shining brightly in the night. It carries what we feel. Let's sing as we all watch it fly.
And I will have to say, this is pretty much the signature song for Plasmagica. Like, this is their big song of the season. And it oh, does, this one. Yep. And it does uh, also come back up in uh, season two in bigger moments. I mean, yeah, it's 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 fine. Like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I quite enjoy it, and I'm and I'm still like with a lot of the like song, a flagship song. Like, yeah, yeah, you could do worse. Yeah, and uh, I will say, like, with this song and like any of the other songs of the show, I'm pretty impressed at how well a lot of the cast like sings well together. How well they harmonize with one another, despite the fact that they record separately and not at the same time. Yeah, yeah, they all do sound like wonderful. Yeah, so yeah, credit to them, and also Brina Palencia for direction. And in the end, Plasmagica wins the Battle of the Bands, and Rosia doesn't take the loss well. And she isn't the only one, as uh, Dagger doesn't accept failure, and then punishes Kree by uh, corrupting their Melodesian stones. And pretty dark-looking scene here for a show like this. Yeah, because he's just kind of, like, lashing out with, like, dark tentacles and, like, cr- like what, taking their gems away? Yeah, and it's like, holy shit, did he just kill them? <laughs> but before we get to Kree ultimate fate, let's check in with Choo and her baggage. As he, she's so super jelly over people, it's talking about Cyan over her. No, she's a bit like uh, Tribal Chief Roman Reigns, you know, you have to acknowledge her. She's the head of the Plasmagica table here. Mm, yes. And uh, this whole angle with Chuchu is actually a reference to her original characterization in the game, where she's a bit more uh, self-centered and she's just using Plasmagica as a springboard for a solo career. Like, in the game, they play that up way more than they do in the show. Oh, interesting. And I will say, I gl- I'm glad they didn't really make her exactly like that in the show, because, you know, you gotta make her likable, so... You can't really do that. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't lean too hard. So that. they went for a more of a, a big sister role for her, which I think is much more fitting. I do think, however, that they could have, like, teased this out a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, they kind of rushed things a lot in the second half. Yeah, here. yeah. This this angle with her as a result feels a little bit rushed. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dagger's taking note of all this, and he's thinking to himself, ooh, I'll have a bit of that. Just as Choo Choo announces her plans to quick Plasmagica, Strawberry Heart, who is revealed to be possessed by the songwriter Grateful King urges the bandmates to stop her, prompting Cyan and the others to use the power of music to help her regain her senses. Grateful King, another another uh, another uh, person in the thing in this show I kind of forgot about. <laughs> yes, he's the legendary rock star that everyone puts over as, like, the best of the best. And now he is, uh, it's revealed that he's in Dagger's clutches to write a song only for him to take over the world, and he's been using Strawberry Heart as a bit of a proxy to talk to Plasmagica and everyone else. Right, right. So Choo Choo is stopped from quitting, and she apologized for being such a butt-ass. And like with Ion before, easily resolved, but eh, puts over the bond of the group, so eh, I'll take it. Yeah. Though it does reek of, like, we need conflict at the, because we're almost done, so we gotta have something in here. Yeah, like, we, we need to, we need to, we, it needs to feel like we're escalating things here. Yeah, we need to actually show people that we are in the end game right now. But at the same time, we also can't go over our, our episode, our episode limit. No, we only have 12 episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you get one episode there, Choo Choo, just like Ion. Speaking of end game, we're at the home stretch as it's time for the Grateful Rock Festival. And all the bands seen in the show up, up to this point descend on the Grateful Rock Festival, not only to perform, but also uh, combat whatever Dagger has planned since uh, Maple and Angelica have been, like, recruiting everyone on the side to fight off this monster, you know, going all Avenger Assemble on his ass. Though Cyan has to go into this without the words of wisdom from Grateful King, since uh, Dagger figures out that he's been kind of talking to them through the guitar, so he's pretty much trapped him in, in like, a space in order, so he can't even contact her. Yeah. This leads to Maple and Angelica infiltrating Unicorn's headquarters in order to break him out, and they do so very uh, Mission Impossible style here. <laughs> As the festival begins, Dagger strikes, and he captures everyone and traps them within the CG space. And then he sicks his latest dark monster on the bands, this giant music Mothra monster here. <laughs> yeah, I give him credit for variety on all these different dark monsters, you know. 
Eh, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't find the designs to be all that interesting. Yeah, I think they get better, you know. He starts off like a skull monster, then a tree monster, then moves on to Mothra. Yeah, they, 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 quality-wise, they stayed about the same for me. Yeah. Like, they, none of them impressed me. Uh, so you can tell that we're in the end game here because they're kind of going really hard on the CGI here. Like, now we have everyone in the show up to this point in the CG space here. Right now, everyone's getting involved, so we can, we can, uh, up, we can, uh, yeah, we can kind of up the budget here a little bit. Yeah, classic method of, like, you know, saving most of your budget for, like, the big end game stuff, you know? Right. Darudayu jumps into her Daruma doll and uses it to fight off the monster, and, once again, very impressive. I don't know. It just looked like a big doll to me, though. Like, and like, uh, you couldn't, you couldn't like jazzed it up a little bit more. Yeah, it's like a big transformation, but you, you, you just took the same Daruma doll from before, mm -hmm. like the same like Daruma doll form that she had before, and just you, you just made it bigger. <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh, you kind of like dressed it up a little bit or something. Yeah, and pulled a little accoutrements on it, you know. Yeah, it's, she's a very flashy character, so like, yeah, they they could have done more there. Uh, I will bring this up. Like in season two, there's another big fight in the CG space near the very end, and they actually do use, like, a giant mech. Mmm, okay, interesting. So, Darudayu goes in for another hit until Cyan hears Rosia cry out in pain. She and Krieg Krieg are actually the monsters, so, oh, thank God, they weren't actually murdered by Dagger there. Yeah, that, that, that might be a little too dark. That'd be fucking dark, <laughs> So, let's close things out. As with everyone's help and motivation, Cyan is able to power up, and she rocks Rosia and Krieg Krieg back to normal. Yeah, way to go, girl. And all's well that ends well. Oh, wait, there's still 20 minutes left. Uh, what else can we do? <laughs> yeah, even I was kind of thinking, like, yeah, did this end This did this did end a little too early? Because, like, the previous episode ends with Cyan going all like, wait, that monster's Rosia, to be continued. Next episode, they defeat it, then the title pops up, and we're like, oh, but there's more. I guess if you look at it from the angle that it's a music series, so maybe it should end with music. Right, instead, yeah. of, instead of an actual fight. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's the angle Makes they sense. were thinking of. And besides, we already got, like, the bit... The better fight earlier with uh, Shingen and Yokai Street. Right, right. So, cue Dagger as he's here to plunge Midi City into everlasting darkness. And he's just about to corrupt Cyan's Melodesian Stone until... Grateful King comes to the rescue! As uh, Maple and Angelica were able to bust him out. Grateful King blocks Dagger's attack and then sends Cyan back towards her own world. Don't really get his methods here, because, like... Cyan's clearly the strongest of all the musicians here, and he's been building her up to fight him in the first place, so why is he sending her back? Putting them at a huge disadvantage. Yeah, that, that, that didn't really make any it's sense. It's like, wait, wait, you like, you've been saying like she's got to fight this guy. Why are you, why are you sending, her, sending her back? Yeah, that, that doesn't really make any sense. I don't, I don't really get your methods here, Grateful King. <laughs> but uh, not wanting her friends to fight Dagger alone, Cyan unleashes her own potential and uses her power to defeat Dagger, returning him to his original form, and she pierces his heavens with her music. Nothing's changed. I'm still a Frady cat. Afraid he kept my whole freaking life. What was the point of doing all this? No! I can't go home! Not yet! Falling through the sky, star of dreams, shining brightly in the night. It carries what we feel, but sing as we all watch. Girl, go, Cyan. 
Good night, Dagger! Show's over! So yeah, Cyan gets a big, cool girl moment, and the day is saved! Cyan and Plasmagica celebrate by giving us the closing number, and Cyan finally returns home, bidding farewell to Plasmagica and Mady City. And so, Season 1 closes on Cyan finally getting the courage to ask to join her school's band. And I'm pretty sure they were all like, Ah, sorry, uh, member registration was a month ago, you gotta wait until next year. <laughs> Like, yeah, that was, yeah, they didn't really explain that, but yeah, like, it, she was kind of placed right at that point where, like, she could have, uh, yeah, kind of, like, like pitched herself to them. Yeah, but uh, at, in season two, it's revealed that she does actually join them. Right, right. Curtain down. So, final thoughts. Final thoughts on Show by Rock. Yeah, very, very, none really. You, you probably, you probably heard me uh, throughout the review, but uh, this, this, this really was not my thing. <laughs> yeah, I expected that. <laughs> it's, it's a little too bubbly sweet for me. It's like I can't really do, I can't really like do shows like these anymore, where it's just a bunch of like teenage girls like, like trying to like bond together over friendship and shit. It's like over, over even over, over like a topic such as like. Music. It's one of the reasons why, like, uh, like K-On never really, like, uh, appealed to me too much. And uh, it kind of applies here, too. Even with all the other fantastical stuff with, like, you know, animal people and <laughs> stuff. And, <laughs> yeah, little Sanrio designs. It's it's all it's all a little too... It's weirdly both, like, a little, like, kiddie, but also, like, just adult enough. But, like, adult in, like, a teen sense. Like... Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm getting older. Like this, this stuff just doesn't really appeal to me the set like as it would. Like I will say, like if you take out a lot of the more adult humor and swearing, this would actually kind of be a good show for little kids. Y- yeah, yeah, I, I do kind of get that impression, or at least, or at least like it feels like a go down like just just a few like ages a little bit. Yeah, like maybe hit preteens. Yeah, something like that. But um, yeah, it, it still exists in like that weird space. And, um, and it's like, that's, that's fine on itself. That's fine. And, uh, and I will say this right now, I don't have, like, anything against the series. Like, at all. Like, it's, it's, it is, it is what it is. But, um, what it is, well, I understand will also not appeal to many people as well. (laughs) Um, musically, too. Musically, like, you know, like, everything was done fine with, like, the dubbing. That was all great. Like, that is still, like, very impressive. But the baseline music, just for what it is it didn't really do it for me they're like after after a while like oh, like i honestly like forgot like half the music in this series <laughs> i listened to all the tracks but and i understand that like, i understand that like maybe maybe even think of like an album or something like sometimes for albums not every song really jumps out to you it kind of fades to the background a little bit i don't know for this series like i just remember like watching other music anime and feeling like Love Live. Like, I remember the songs a lot better from Love Live. I remember the songs a lot better from uh, Zombieland Saga. But this one, like, uh, like it, they, they, many of them kind of blended together for me. 
I can see that, yeah. Like, yeah, it, like, many of them, like, really didn't do that. Like, and also just genre alone. Just, like, a lot of their genres, just really not my thing. Like, I appreciate some of the variety in there, but th- I just don't think the baseline songs were, I don't know, like, not, they, they didn't really elevate higher than, like, to a higher degree than what I've seen like other shows like a show like Love Live I think like the the I think the overall like songwriting and like music quality is like much better than this oh definitely and like in 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 that regard maybe you could say I was a little spoiled by uh stuff like Love Live and Zombieland but yeah um, like in terms of music anime we already did Zombieland Saga back in October so it's like so yeah this series the, the the quality in the series feels like a bit of a step down to me right but uh, I could reasonably see how some people would get something out of the music, though. It's yeah. it, it's 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 something for someone out there, mm-hmm. not me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and even down to like the characters too. A lot of a lot of the humor. It's just the way everything kind of like works together, and like how a lot of these characters. I've kind of seen a lot of these tropes already done before. I've seen characters done like these before. It it all still is sincere in the end, but it's but a lot of it is like the stuff I just. It's like you gotta do more for you gotta give me more than just like it's it's all for the music, man. <laughs> we're we're doing this for the the friendship of the band. It's all like this 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 is kid shit. <laughs> it it really didn't work yeah, for me. Sanrail, you gotta give me more. Yeah, you know, Sanrail. They try to go for an older demographic, but they still can't really shake that uh, kitty mentality because the stakes are still overall very low. Like you're still fighting like a vil like a vil like a Saturday morning cartoon villain in the end. It's like, it's, it's like those, the combination of like those kid, those more kiddish elements and like some of the more adult elements, it, it really did not gel together for this show for me. And I think that's maybe the big reason why, uh, I, w- I yeah, I think that would, I would say that's the big reason why this show really didn't work for me. I mean, the show, the show is clearly for some, for uh, some people out there. Me. You're, you're a, you're a major <laughs> fan. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this, this is a very, like, this is a very, like, 5 out of 10 anime to me. Mm-hmm. Very 5 out of 10. And I, and I guess, like, and I guess it's appropriate for uh, how we're uh, opening uh, opening the summer for uh, our summer series here. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, sometimes the opener, opening, because many times uh, <laughs> the opening bands for uh, concerts can also be uh, 5 out of 10. Or, <laughs> or maybe they can go above that. Like, you never know. But, 5, um, 5 out of 10. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess, uh, yeah, I kind of kind of flipped the coin here, and uh, yeah, I kind of ended up in that five out of ten area. <laughs> but um, I'm curious though as to why, like, if for, for all of our viewers out there, if you could infer from this podcast, uh, Mikey here is clearly the bigger fan <laughs> of Show by Rock. Yeah. And I think I'd, I think I'd like to ask the question of like, why did this resonate so much more with you though? I just kind of feel like. It, I feel like this is a very easy watch, you know, it just kind of like, that's one thing that kind of grabbed me, and I just also do really like the characters, the character designs, I kind of look at it as, you know, simple yet effective, and uh, I did find the songs a bit, a lot more catchier than you did, like, uh, like you said, it's, it's not a patch on, like, say, a Love Live or a Zombieland Saga or anything, but I feel like in terms of, like, music anime, this does get the job done for me, because, like, I've seen some other music anime, and a lot of it's, like, really not that great yeah <laughs> so you know it's, it kind of goes back to a lot of the issues i have with uh idol anime when we talk about enzyme land saga where like it's a kind of thing that should be easy to do but like for some reason i trying to find a good music anime is pretty hard you know plus there's also oversaturation oversaturation too, as well you know 
and just like and it also it comes down to like what kind of genre you kind of have to do so there's also that but i think the one thing that really brings show by rock to me is that uh i do kind of find a bit of a charming kind of the whole saturday morning cartoonish nature you know this feels like a show may kind of trying to be reminiscent of like the stuff you would grow up watching on like the fox box or four kids tv or whatever like, I, I can totally see this show being played all, like after Magical Doremi, but before Sonic X when I was a kid. But, you know, I do like the characters, I do like the songs, dub songs especially, you know, those are really good. And uh, another thing is, like, the CG kind of really brought me into it. I feel like something like that is, like, way too unique for me to ignore. I mean, I will I will agree, that was at least one unique aspect of the series. Yeah, yeah that, all looked, that all looked fine. Yeah, and I will say, you know, season one, the story... Pretty good. Like, uh, gets the job done, you know, nothing too impressive, but, like, I, I can I can watch this. It's an easy watch. I will say, in terms of story, Season 2 is actually much better than Season 1. Mm, okay. Like, uh, you know, they do give some more character development for, like, a lot of the characters since uh, they've already been introduced, so you don't have to take time introducing them, saying, like, who they are, and then telling their story. Like, you can just go straight into telling their story. Right, right. Like, in Season 2, we finally do get a conclusion to, like, whole Moa and her angle with being an alien. Oh, thank God. <laughs> in Season 2, we also actually get some background on Ion and, like, how he joined uh, Shingen Crimson's and, like, how he basically became estranged from his family and that, like, what caused him to kind of be... Who he is and stuff like that. Okay, so th that's good to know that they uh, ramp things up in, in season two. And I will say the villain in season two is actually much, I would say just about as good as Dagger, but maybe a little bit better because she's just so bombastic. She's the, the queen of darkness, victorious. She's about to basically commit mass genocide about um, like all these music worlds because she <laughs> hates music. And they actually do give like a reason as to like why she doesn't like music and it's actually, okay, I can see what you're doing here. They're actually really trying to make this, get this character over. Mm-hmm. Though, I will say, like, after season two with the show, that's when I kind of start to dip out a bit with the series, because I did see a bit of the spin-off from last year, which Funimation labels as season three, uh, show by, like, Mash Mashumairesh. And I got about a few episodes in, but it's kind of, it lost me a bit. Yeah, no, that's where I think, like, that's where I think, like, uh, that's where I think, that I would like to zero in on that in particular, because I feel like that's another big difference here, too. I feel like... Because I've noticed with, like, Love Live, you, like, everything's been consistently good over there. Oh, yeah, like, no matter the spin-off, no matter the group, it's always been consistent, whether it's uh, Aqua and San but I find, but I do find Right, but I do find it interesting that, like, there is a line drawn here with Show by Rock, though, for you. Yeah, like, I, I, I did question before if, like, there was a line there for the series. Yeah, like, for season three, it's, like, I wouldn't say it's bad, but it's one of those shows where I just look at and go, like... I don't need to finish this right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I can wait for the dub to come out and then I'll finish it. But uh, I think I can also chalk that up to uh, a lot of the changes in the production because uh, it's done by a different studio. It's not done by Bones anymore. It's done by, like, a subsidiary of, I think, TMS, which is not very great. Uh... And the, the CGI takes a real hit in Season 3. Like, like, it now looks more like TV CG, like what you would expect from anime CG. Mm, like, what kind of, like, what kind of serious comparison can you think of? Probably not a series, but it kind of looks like a bit of a high-end PS2 in-game cutscene style. Ooh. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty jank. Yeah, I can only imagine it. And but, but uh, and also they uh, changed the uh, director and writer for that season, too. Oh, right, I would imagine. But uh, they did come back for season four, show by Rockstars, which maybe I'll watch one day. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I... Despite how simplistic, how kitty this is, how kind of weird this whole thing is, I kind of dig it for, like, how out there this show kind of can be at times, you know? And I will say, you know, dub songs, they're very good. I love Shingen Crimson's, and, uh, yeah, everything's all great. 
For me, I think uh, this might be uh, this might be one album I'll be uh, I'll be putting back in the sleeve. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe maybe search for something else in the future. <laughs> Can you give like a Fantano rating for this one? Fantano rating? Oh no, I don't think I can. I don't think I don't think I'll be able to give any Fantano ratings uh, during the summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I already I already did say at least it was a five out of ten mm -hmm. series for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, very, very middle of the road. Like you're, you're like how much you will like the series is going to be very dependent on how much you can, how much you like and or can tolerate <laughs> some of the uh, some of the elements of the series. So yeah, watch watch at your watch at your own pace. Watch at your own discretion. Uh, see, see if you see if you enjoy it. At the end of the day, I would say this is a nice show. It's nice. Mm, okay. And fitting because of the shortened title SB69. So, of course, it's nice. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. I've been your host, Mikey, and you can find me at my social medias at Mikey Shioda on Twitter, MikeyShioda.tumblr.com, and Mikey Shioda on the gram. And where can we find you, Ryan? You can find me at 2Bits on Twitter and Wolfish Grin on Tumblr. Follow Anime Bebe on Twitter at Anime underscore Bebe. That's Anime underscore B A Y B A Y. And follow the show at AnimeBebe.podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcasts. And on the next episode, Sura Music continues as uh, we're hitting you with an oldie, but surely a goodie. You know, we had our opening act, but uh, starting next month, we're getting into the heavy hitters now. Like, uh, so yeah, show by rock, you know, take a boo. We're getting into the big stuff now. Yep, opening acts out of the way, and what are we on to next? We're looking at the classic music series. This will be Beck Mongolian Chop Squad. Oh, yes! Yes, I've been waiting so long to finally watch this one. Like, I've heard nothing but good things about the show, and I, and like, you know, when I first thought of the idea for Summer Music, I was kind of thinking, you know what, this has to be one of the shows we cover. Mm-hmm, a nice, good, coming-of-age rock band story. And, for the first time ever in Anime Bebe history, this will be a show where both of us will be watching it for the first time in prep for this podcast. Because usually when it comes to, like, the shows we cover... One or both of us have already seen it, like, uh, you know, months prior to before uh, recording a podcast on it. But for this one, we're actually both going in completely blind, like... An entirely new experience, folks. Like, should be a good one, and yeah, you'll get our reactions pretty much in real time next time on the podcast, but I can't wait for this one. Very excited. Very, very excited. And, you know, with Show by Rock, it kind of shows, uh, you know, Funimation with uh, how they dub music more in the modern age. Whereas uh, Mongolian Chop Squad, we get to see like how they dub music all the way back in like what 2007. Mm, yeah, because I imagine some things about the progress. Well, I imagine a lot is the same, but I imagine like there's there's some small parts here and there that are uh, different in the process. Yeah, you could probably expect some of the same collaborators that you would on this one, but uh, yeah, it'll be. I feel like this will be kind of quite a trip to see like how they pretty much started off with dubbing music in anime because I don't think they did another music anime before Mongolian Chop Squad. Mm, yeah, mm, yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to research that. Right, they did dub openings and endings for a lot of the shows, but uh, never really any musical anime, at least I can recall before that. Hmm. Okay. But uh, this should be a good one. I can't fucking wait. But until then, stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Wear a fucking mask if you're unvaccinated, even if you are vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, then get fucking vaccinated. Also, Black Lives Matter, trans rights are human rights. Stop Asian hate. Happy Pride Month. And this has been anime, baby. baby. Yeah. Yeah! Now if you love music, let your heart be too in it, we'll let the beat be dropped, cause when the 
sacred miracle forced to be hidden away beneath stardust so cursed that its light turned to black. Ha-ha! <laughs> Crow has arrived! Fragrant in darkness, eternally darkness, the forbidden darkness that calls out the name. Devil sigh. Breathbreaker. Ion. He's so powerful he manages to tame the angry lake of hellfire. That is the legend of Tongue Flame. Hence Yaiba appears bearing his legendary dragon sword. Needs of grown men. Fatty oils are a necessity for men. Righteousness shines in lubricant form. 